1: Welcome to the Three Martini
0: Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review.
1: Three Martini's coming up.
0: Hey, really glad you're with us for the Monday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas. And now we are on to the second of our six installments for our very prestigious year-end Three Martini Lunch Awards. If you were with us on Friday, we started off our awards season with most overrated, most underrated, and most honest political figures. Uh, Today, we're going to be taking a look at the politically related figure we're most sorry to see pass away in 2022, as well as rising star, Politically, for the most part, but you can have a little latitude there, and the figure fading into oblivion. Later this week, we'll be taking a look at things like best and worst idea, most overreported and underreported stories in the media this year, and we'll finish it all off on Friday with our choices for person of the year, turncoat of the year, and of course, our fearless predictions for 2023. So, Jim, starting off on a somber note, as we always do on this second installment, um, who did you choose for? the figure most sorry to see go in 2022.
1: Greg, this is on the one hand, probably one of my least favorite categories. On the other hand, it wouldn't feel complete without it. For me, this was this was a year where a lot of people I liked a great deal passed away. And some of them well-known, some lesser known. And just kind of, there were three that I felt like I had to mention just in recognition. The first is Bush speechwriter and Washington Post columnist, Michael Gerson. I did not know him well, but for a couple of years we were going to the same Starbucks so we would see each other kind of give each other a nod a little bit of small talk and uh passed away after a long fight with cancer just a great eloquent voice uh the next is actually somebody who clearly was an influence on me you can see it in the the writing my approach to politics all kinds of things PJ Rourke arguably the greatest political satirist of this era um a guy who just had this gift for communicating you know it's sometimes really complicated ideas or serious topics Doing it in a way that would keep you chuckling. He had this delightfully, I think a very bluntly honest, cynical look at the world. He was very open about the fact that he used to be a hippie in the 60s, that he was mostly in it for the girls. After a while, he looked at it and he reached the point where he literally wrote that he wished he could go, you know, somebody had punched him in the face. Uh, or that's I think somebody did punch him in the face and he said he deserved it, which is kind of this, you know, tells you a great deal about him. Taken far too soon. He wasn't writing as much as he used to towards the end, and just a uh, a unique voice that I think, you know, just is unparalleled. And then finally, just kind of closest to home, I don't know if many people in the political right of center Twitter sphere ever got a chance to run across a guy by the name of Kevin Benversi. He was only 43 when he passed away earlier this year. Um, I remember years ago, he was interning at the Heritage Foundation. And he started coming to these kind of, you know, conservative blogger events and stuff. And he was my Wisconsin politics guy. Kevin knew everything about Wisconsin politics. And if you asked him a question, he would easily give you at least 115% of the answer you needed. (laughs) Sometimes 130, sometimes 150. Uh, When he passed away, a lot of people joked, find someone in life who loves you the way Kevin loved the state of Wisconsin, because he just seemed to know everything about it and then loved it and raved about every aspect of its culture. He moved back there and I, I was, you know... Just really struck earlier this year when I got the word that he passed away from natural causes. Just a big-hearted guy and, uh, you know, one of those shocking deaths, once again, taken far too soon. And uh, wrote a little bit about him and his family said how much they appreciated that. So three figures in the uh, political world that I will miss a great deal in the years to come.
0: Yeah, very well said. And I followed Kevin on, on Twitter as well. He's a rabid Packer and, and Brewer fan, as just about everybody in Wisconsin is, especially the Packers. But uh, uh, a guy who who is uh, a generous and uh, uh, like, like to interact. And uh, as you said, an absolute encyclopedia on Wisconsin politics. Uh, so many big figures this year. Obviously, we devoted an entire episode to Queen Elizabeth. We don't do that too often. And so uh, you can certainly find that episode. But uh, I think it's worth pointing out that Ken Starr died this year as well, and uh, obviously a controversial figure, but I think a guy who really got a raw shake by the media and the Democratic Party. Uh, in terms of the, the the main three that I want to talk about, though, uh, one is PJ O'Rourke, but you already said just about everything there is, and that's good because uh, I think you said it better than I would have. I had the chance to interview him once. As acerbic as he was on print, just a genuinely nice guy and a fun guy, humble guy uh, to talk with. But as you said, just an absolutely literary star. He could uh, explain things in a way that not only made you laugh, it made you think. And that's a real gift. And uh, And so we're definitely going to miss PGR work On the international stage, the shocking assassination of Shinzo Abe. Uh, Japanese uh, Prime Minister, who is also a great friend uh, of the United States. Uh, In some of our most difficult times uh, over the past uh, decade plus, uh, he was certainly by our side. And it's interesting you mentioned Kevin, uh, Jim, because uh, that's where I'm going to conclude here. And a guy that I interviewed a ton, but he's probably not well known, and that's Dr. Tim Ball. Dr. Tim Ball was a professor at the University of Winnipeg up in Canada, and he was uh, my go-to guy. Uh, just like Kevin was for you in Wisconsin. He was my go-to guy when I needed analysis of a climate policy coming out of Washington or out of the UN or, or something. And he was one of these guys that could break through what was really happening. He understood the climate science, and he also understood the bureaucratic sleight of hand that was going on uh, in terms of pushing the green agenda. Uh, Very, very smart guy, put up with a lot in Canada, because as we've learned from the Canadian truckers and so forth, you don't have the same rights up there that you think you had, or at least the government wants to pretend you don't. And so he was taken to court for uh, uh, his writings and and speeches about uh, the climate change debate uh, that the left didn't like. He won in court, but it... uh, took a huge toll just emotionally and otherwise on him. And so um, uh, he was a good guy, humble guy, and a smart guy and a voice that we're definitely going to miss from that debate as the left keeps ramping up on that issue.
1: In a lot of ways, it's been a good year, Greg, but you go over the ones you lost. It always feels like it was a rough year.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I know we kind of cheated on this one because we we each had three, but that kind of tells you the year it was and and neither of us really wanted to shortchange any of those people and there are others we could have said too the older we get you know the shorter life seems and so uh some of these figures that it feels like we've been around a long time suddenly departing from us and it feels weird All right, on to 4Patriots. Fantastic sponsor. Find them at 4Patriots.com slash Martini. Uh, The great deal going on right now, the free solar panel that comes with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X and of course their ongoing deal, free shipping on orders over $97. The key is to be prepared. Uh, You don't know when your power is going out. When you're prepared, you don't have to wait for the power company to turn the the juice back on and your appliances can be running while everybody else is waiting on pins and needles. The new uh, Patriot Power Generator 2000x has double the capacity uh, and is expandable so you can run the big appliances comes with 12 outlets including 4ac plus two USB C outlets that can charge your phone 20 times faster also don't forget about the uh deals that are ending soon uh, the solar go fridge the sauna wrap therapeutic blanket and so much more visit 4patriots.com martini to get your patriot power generator 2000x with the free solar panel included. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4patriots.com slash martini. That's 4patriots.com slash martini.
1: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: All right, Jim, on to uh, happier topics now, our next Martini Award of the Year. Rising
1: Political Star. Who do you have? You know, Greg, I think a lot of us thought this was going to be a great year, uh, <laughs> the category of rising star. And actually it was when I first thought about it, as you know you said, Jim, who are the rising stars of 2022? It's very obvious, know, uh, Clearly, you start with Sauce Gardner. Uh, you move on to Brees <laughs> Hall. And then I think uh, Garrett Wilson. Really, the entire Jets draft. Class. Oh, you meant political rising star. Oh, OK. That's a little bit tougher there. A couple of folks who I think uh, met the the criteria. I'm going to go with, you know, incoming Ohio Senator J.D. Vance. And this was a rough year for Ohio. Uh, this is a, a rough year for Republican Senate candidates. This was a rough year for. Republicans in general. This is a rough year for Republicans you would categorize as Trump loyalists or nationalist populists. So J.D. Vance really stands out as the guy who managed to get elected. He was considerably behind Ohio Governor Mike DeWine's uh, margin of victory, but J.D. Vance is still going to the Senate. And I think because of that profile, um, you'll hear some of this stuff from Hawley. You'll hear some of this from other figures in the Senate, but I think, you know, even though I have not always liked, I'm sorry, I did not like the turn, the transformation of J.D. Vance, the author and at times brilliant essayist uh, for National Review, turning into the candidate J.D. Vance, who I think could dumb down his arguments and get into some kind of, you know, populist table pounding, you know, saying he didn't care who won between Russia and Ukraine, things like that. But I think by and large, he represents a voice that is you know, largely shut out. And because he is just not some guy who's in it for the Fox News you know, cable hits, but a guy who really thinks about these things, who thinks about the plight of the working class and who thinks about the far-reaching effects of societal breakdown in uh, America's poorer communities, because he's lived that experience, uh, I think he's going to stand out. And I think we're going to be hearing a lot about him in years to come. I don't know if he's necessarily the kind of guy Google run for president or something like that. But I think he has all the tools to be a very influential senator. Uh, even at time even if I don't agree with them at times
0: yeah you're right it wasn't the year that we thought we were going to have when it came to uh, rising stars because a lot of folks we thought might get elected did not end up getting elected I mentioned uh, one in our underrated figure in our last installment and that was Ted Budd of North Carolina and then in terms of uh, rising star I, I'm also going to go from the freshman Senate class but I'm gonna go in a slightly different direction here if you remember, Jim, we were worried about a deep red state in primary season, and that was Missouri because Eric Greitens was a deeply flawed candidate on a number of levels, and for some reason he was neck and neck uh, in the Republican primary polls, and so uh, that could have turned into a very, very tight race, thankfully, at the very end, and it's not because Trump endorsed anyone named Eric who was running for uh, Senate in uh, for the Republican nomination. Uh, Attorney General Eric Schmidt uh, came through and uh, easily knocked off Greitens. And then easily won the election, and the Republicans did not have to worry about that seat. Uh, His record of taking on the federal government at at times in uh, Missouri—he just seems to be a guy who's got his head really screwed on straight. Uh, He knows where to fight. He knows how to conduct himself, uh, and he knows, as a figure in the Senate, just as he did, hopefully as a as a as an attorney general, how to accomplish the things. You want to accomplish. So he's a guy I'm interested to learn a lot more about. Uh, but I think uh, in terms of Republicans coming to Washington, I'm sure there's a bunch of House members uh, we'll learn about as well that, that could be exciting. Uh, I think uh, from the Senate side, Eric Schmidt's a guy I'm going to keep my eye on pretty closely.
1: Oh, that's a very good choice. If you had picked Vance, I would have changed my nomination to Hung Kao, the uh, congressional candidate here in Virginia. He did not win, but he is worth noting. He really beat. It was a pretty darn blue district on House district under the new lines uh, didn't win, but he overperformed the expectations. And I think he's got real potential. So one of those figures to keep an eye on in future cycles.
0: Yeah, there may be a political future for him. He actually performed better in that district than, uh, yes Vega did in the one that I live in, which was not supposed to be the case. Uh, so he was very, very strong, good guy for that district. And as we mentioned during the campaign, he was the guy that, uh, was able to turn around the, uh, the ele- who really won the 2020 election question uh in a very creative and, and fun way and really put the democrats on their heels so uh even though he didn't win a lot to learn from the candidacy of Hong Kao. okay round
1: two name something that's not boring
0: a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh Ah, oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino
1: Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Or void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How much do you
0: spend from your paycheck in about 100 days? The watchdog on run- wall? wall? Wall Street Podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. The federal government is on pace to spend over $1 trillion per every 100 days. Are Speaker Johnson and Congressional Republicans doing anything about it? Enough is enough. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street Podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Jim, on to our final category now the political figure fading into oblivion.
1: Now, when we talked about the uh, most overrated figure earlier, I selected Stacey Abrams, and I couldn't pick Stacey Abrams for a lot of these categories. And we talked quite a bit about, you know, kind of the big three in this, you know, these similar traits Uh, for fading into oblivion. I'm going to go with Beta O'Rourke, the uh, Democratic gubernatorial candidate in Texas who lost as expected, trailed throughout, I think... What you know? What makes it particularly notable is that having lost uh, against Ted Cruz in a very good year for Democrats in 2018, and then trying to run for president and finding out that you know people were less interested in him when he was running for president, Beta O'Rourke chose to run for governor. And a surprising number of people, including folks at the New York Times, convinced themselves, yes, Texas is a very Republican state, but this time it's different they pointed to the Ivaldi shooting they pointed to the uh overturning of roe versus wade they you know there were factors you could kind of talk yourselves and think oh maybe it's a little bit different this year but fairly quickly the polls indicated no this is a good year for republicans in the state of texas uh this was not uh a state you know that had gotten that much bluer Beto O'Rourke has now lost three big races in uh, a four-year span And perhaps even more significantly, he did it while getting almost unprecedented levels of grassroots donor support. And if you remember back in 2018, I mean, arguably the best coverage of the national press that any Senate candidate has ever gotten, and he fell short. Three strikes, you're out. I think this is the end. Unless he chooses to pick some, you know, back to his old El Paso House district or some other district level race where he can do something, or he moves to another state maybe, it's just not plausible to see Beto O'Rourke winning any statewide race in Texas anytime soon. And I think it may be time for him to go off and do something else with his life. He's always given off the vibe as a guy who really wanted to be a rock star, did not succeed at that, went into politics as a backup and would be happier being a rock star. So Beto, I wish you all the best of luck with your music career.
0: I hope so, Jim. I hope you're right. I don't think Stacy and Beto are necessarily going away. I think they're going to stop running for stuff, but uh, I'd be curious to see if they actually exited off the TV sets. I certainly hope you're right about that, but uh, they've certainly earned a trip into oblivion. Uh, my general approach to to uh, fading into oblivion is people that five or ten years from now, or maybe even a little bit longer than that, is who? <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Like we, yeah. like, we don't mean like like metaphysical, you know, into the void of death. We just want them to go away, <laughs> find something else to do with your lives and live happily ever after far away from us so that we never hear from you.
0: So the person I'm hoping uh, ought, ought to win this award this year is Nina Jankowicz. Remember, uh, Nina, she, she was the really creepy uh, Mary Poppins impression lady who was supposed to be head of the disinformation governance board at Homeland Security. Uh, I think she went off into the private sector somewhere and hopefully she's going to stay there. You know, if she can make a lot of money, good for her, as long as she's not uh, trying to suppress our freedoms. Uh, that's all I need. But with this administration, I assume they're going to try to bring somebody back, whether it's Jankowitz or not. But uh, not only the idea of the disinformation governance board, but, but just the way she conducted herself uh, almost made that uh, the perfect Orwellian parody of such a thing. But it was it was very, very creepy that it was real. Honorable mention also to uh, former British Prime Minister Liz Truss, who barely mm. made it half as many days as Queen Elizabeth had years. And uh, the only thing she probably will be remembered for is being Prime Minister when Queen Elizabeth died. But 45 days, I believe, is the, if it's not the record, it's pretty darn close to the shortest prime ministership uh, in British history, which is a shame because I think she had some good conservative ideas, but the, the moment just wasn't right for her.
1: Greg, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a red flag on that one. I don't think you should be able to nominate Truss uh, on the fact that she's already in oblivion. <laughs> I mean, that was like, listeners, when's the last time you thought of the name Liz Truss? Uh, she <laughs> departed 10 Downing Street and just beamed up to the Enterprise, as far as we can tell, just, you know, absolutely faded away. Um, yeah, that's, and also I was going to observe, yeah, you could argue the Disinformation Governance Board was a name that sounded Orwellian, but if the purpose of it was to govern the federal government's disinformation, then the name makes perfect sense.
0: <laughs> oh man, that is a fair point. So I guess Jankowitz is my official uh, right, yeah. winner. But uh, wow, ever since I got burned on Scaramucci, uh, I've always wondered—you know—these <laughs> people are going to find a way back at some point. So uh, you just never know. It's a, it's a risky category. I gave it to Anthony Weiner twice. No.
1: Both both, <laughs> both times he came back. I mean, just... he, he did get into Oblivion. He just happened to have pulled <laughs> off the rare case of getting back out of Oblivion. But... Uh... <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, that was a pretty
0: wild ride today. Congratulations to all of our recipients. I'm sure the ones in the final category are really excited about being the winners uh, in those particular things. But hey, that's the way 2022 unfolded. Uh, Tomorrow, don't forget to join us then for our latest round of awards. We'll be halfway done after tomorrow's show. Uh, Biggest Lie, new category this year, Biggest Lie of 2022, and uh, two of our old standbys as well, Best Political Theater and Worst Political Theater of 2022. So don't miss those. Jim, see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us again. Uh, Do subscribe to the podcast. If you don't already, tell a friend about us as well. Thank you very much for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. They really do help us out a lot. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Don't forget about Jim's brand new book, Gathering Five Storms, the accompanying short story, Saving the Devil. Join us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Monday and join us again on Tuesday for the next Three Martini Lunch. multiple illegal migrants who were breaking U.S. law, and I have the exclusive audio. For all this and more, subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on your favorite podcast app.